Welcome to the Unfiltered Motherhood Podcast with Jamie McLaughlin, where we dive into real-life topics about motherhood, unfiltered, unrestricted, and straight to the point. All right, we're back. Episode three. Yep, episode three, Unfiltered Motherhood Podcast. Me and Megan are back. We both got our podcast mics. And we've just been talking about having children vomit on you. Yes. Yes. We were like, you know, why, why Megan was like, why, why are we not recording this? We were just talking about all the times, you know, why you'd think after having multiple children and all the sicknesses and poop and everything that you would not be grossed out, but how we are both still repulsed by crap and puke. Literally Isabel has that like lingering cough that's going around and it's been like a month and she was cough like you know the morning junk yes gross she was trying to cough out the morning junk this morning and even just like she was coughing so hard that I was gagging Gagging. yes yes (laughs) trying to fight it back but I said to someone recently I was like are you really even a mom if you've never made a bowl with your hands with your hands you have to to catch someone's vomit you you actually have to and let me tell you you know what you posted like i swear to god it was like last year a year and a half ago you were like the best amazon purchase i've ever made in my life yes and it was what are the like the hospital puke the bags emesis bags emesis bags right and i'm like why have i never thought of have, keeping these in the car because inevitably four kids driving on a road trip someone's going to puke and i can't tell you the amount of times they puked in my hand and then i'm screaming at stuart to stop the car and i'm gagging and i'm crying and everyone else in the car is crying and gagging because no one because every time one person pukes everyone's puking and there's six of us in the car crying and gagging like (laughs) disgusting it's literally i cannot let me just tell you when when me and my husband met i already had my two kids okay i had brooklyn she was three and grayson was six months old not a lot of people know well i used to talk about it on the podcast but Stuart and i were fresh freshly dating I mean, like a few freshly sexy dating, like an infant. I mean, I wouldn't say sexy because I had two (laughs) kids and I was breastfeeding. I'm like, something was wrong with him that he thought I was attractive, but whatever. He maybe has a fetish. I don't know. (laughs) But (laughs) he's got a thing for pregnant ladies. So I'm, I'm like breastfeeding the baby, like whatever. Right. Grayson, six months, seven months old. So. A few months in, a few weeks in, how I, I probably was like two months into our relationship, maybe three months longest. No, no, it was less than that for sure. Cause he wasn't technically living with me yet. And we moved in together fairly quickly. So I'm giving the kids a bath. And at that time, Brooklyn and Grayson would push out farts in the bath to make each other laugh. And I would always tell them, you are going to push a piece of crap out. Please stop You're doing that. Yourself. You're and they yourself. thought it was the funniest thing. She would just push a fart out and he would die laughing. And then he would push and she, he would die laughing. And they, I mean, they just couldn't handle it. So one time, inevitably, Grayson pushed a fart out and shit came out. And <laughs> I'm instantly gagging, okay? Because I can't do it. I rip Brooklyn out the bathtub. I'm like, bleh, bleh. Oh my God. You're gagging and wondering where your bleach is. Literally, right? So I pull both kids out of the bathtub. I'm like, God, go sit in your towel. Go sit in your towel. I got to clean this up. So I'd walk in the bathroom and I'd gag. I'd go back out. I'd take a breath. I did about five or 10 times, honestly, gagging so bad. I could not, crying, gagging, can't do it. 
I call I call Stuart. I'm like, hey, babe. He's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I need your help. I'm going to throw up Grayson shit in the bathtub and I can't do it. I'm gagging so hard right now. And he is like, oh my God, I'll be right over. Because we lived in the same apartment complex. He was at his friend's house. I was at mine. He comes over. We are just freshly dating. He comes over, takes the crap out of the bathtub, flushes it, drains the water, cleans the bathroom and comes out. I'm like, I got to marry him. I was going to say in that moment, were you like, Whatever you want, I'll do it. Anything. I got you. Ask me to marry you because the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And when are you moving in? Because I can't function without you. And still to this day, he cleans up all poop and puke. And this is why Emesis bags are clutch because (laughs) I have them everywhere. Yep. They're in every bathroom. (laughs) They're in every car door. Every car door. I mean, honestly. The back of the cars. (laughs) The other day, one of my kids was like, mommy, my tummy doesn't feel well. And you know, like, I hate this because I sound just like my mother. But the first thing I say is, do you have to poop? (laughs) Like, are you sure you you have to go to the bathroom? And she was like, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, well, why don't you go sit on the potty? But also take this bag with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it (laughs) could come out either end. You don't know. But why? So today, you know, we're going to be talking about motherhood in the media. Yes. I feel like we need to see more people talking about this, this, this in the this. media, because everyone that I maybe, and I, I think this is going to be part of our conversation is you have to be very intentional about the content you consume yeah, oh, and yeah. Who, who you follow. Ooh. But a lot of what I see on social is like the sunshine and rainbows of being a mom. And I'm like, that's lovely Mm -hmm. where, you know, and maybe people just don't want to talk about it. I don't know, but like, I'll, I'm down to talk about whatever. Why is no one talking about vomit handcuffs and emesis bags and like knowing you're going to marry someone because they're really good at cleaning up poop. Literally. Like these are life skills. These no, truly. And this is like, and I feel like TikTok actually has is bringing us out of this toxic positivity era. Yes. And everyone talks so much crap about TikTok and I am always the one that's like your feed must be wrong cuz I love it. I'm like my my parents were visiting from Maine this weekend and my dad is like slowly dipping his toe into the social media world because he likes the fly fishing content. Oh, yes. He's adorable. And he said to me, like, what's the difference between Instagram and TikTok? And I said, for starters, TikTok is so much less curated. It's so lighthearted. And and, and he was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and I it's said, so, good. so let okay, me so actually a lot of you. people, yes, a lot of people actually don't know the difference between all the different um, social media platforms. And we just started this like local mastermind group. And what I noticed in our first conversation, which you missed by the way, because you were I traveling was at a baptism. God, don't do that stuff. It. You can't leave us for that kind of stuff. I know. I left you for 26 hours. I'm your number one. It was basically <laughs> not even a day. <laughs> you can't do that. So one of the things that I noticed is a lot of them were 
talking about social media and posting and the pressures of posting. And I think a lot of times coming from a business, which is completely different than what we're talking about, but I have a completely different understanding of social media coming from a like digital marketing background and online businesses and different things like that. And a lot of people, a lot of businesses and just people who are consuming content don't understand the difference between all the different platforms and what they're actually intended for and like the type of content that is shown on them. So I'll give like a little breakdown of that real quick, just for anyone who kind of wants to like understand the difference between them. But um, so Facebook is like obviously like the OG, but Facebook is really good for like sharing articles and consuming articles. And um, a lot of people like personal Facebook pages will obviously be like updating your family and stuff. But a lot of times it's like news or articles or it used to be blog posts or different things like that. Um, so that is kind of like more of like the links and long form posts. And then Instagram is very much so like a curated um content creation platform. It is not like on the fly posting a lot of times. It's your highlight reel. Yes, it it really is. And it used, and it didn't used to be, that's obviously not how it started, but it very much so turned from just a, I'm going to post a bunch of pictures in my feed to marketing, a, a very much so marketing platform. So that's exactly what it is. So like Instagram is very much so a marketing platform for businesses as we're going to find most businesses doing their marketing, digital marketing on there. And then TikTok is, you will find marketing, but it is a lot of like user generated content for brands. So it's going to be like me sitting in my bedroom, not done up talking about a brand, but also it's like the funny crap. And there is, I like, I feel like it's funny and it's educational. Like I have learned more on TikTok over the past two years than I have learned, probably three years, than I have learned literally anywhere else. And everyone's like, don't don't learn from TikTok. Don't learn from TikTok. But I'm like, no, no, it's just about who you're following. Like I follow this chiropractor and he specializes in primitive reflexes for kids with ADHD and dyslexia. And he talks about this whole like neurology and he gives little tips and tricks and he just came out with a course. I'm getting that course. I followed him for the past two years, right? So each level of social media, each platform is like completely different and you're going to get different things depending on which platform you're on. But I feel like TikTok really brought forth is like bringing the funny and like comedian, like the funny side of like the hard parts of life. And authenticity. Yes. And I am like, I told my husband, I'm like, TikTok, TikTok has literally like brought back my love for humanity because for a long time I was like, I can't be online. That's why I disappeared offline for years. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't handle the toxic positivity, positivity. I can't handle the perfectionism. I can't handle how everyone presents themselves as fake. I've got my life together when that's not real life and everyone's a professional and everyone knows everything. And it was so annoying. And I'm like, TikTok has like restored my faith in humanity because people are funny and real again. And that's what what I want to consume. You know what you see on Instagram that you don't see on TikTok is on Instagram, someone I'm, I'm thinking specifically about someone I really enjoy following for her style and home decor things. Mm-hmm. And she recently posted about like a concert she took her mom to. And she prefaced the post with, I know this is not on brand because the photos and the videos weren't light and Mm -hmm. airy or perfectly staged. No one on TikTok is prefacing anything they post with, I know that this is super off brand. And what I have learned is that 
people are craving that authenticity. And while your beautiful Instagram feed or the amazing products you sell or services you offer may draw them into your account, it's actually not enough to retain them. No. Because beautiful accounts or aspirational accounts are a dime a dozen. Yeah. But when you get to motherhood in particular, we want people who are real with us, make us feel seen, mm-hmm. and also give us hope that like you too can have a beautiful day. Yeah. Not every day is going to be strolling through a strawberry patch with your children and matching outfits. Yeah. But you might have one of those days. And if you do, you should enjoy it. It's it's mm-hmm. great. It'd be good for you. But we also want to know that someone made a cup of to catch vomit with their hands because I think especially, you know, I think you and I came of age in the early Instagram era. Mm-hmm. We were new to motherhood. Yep. And we weren't getting any realistic input. No. It was so, you know, look who slept 27 hours in a row. <laughs> And, and look how perfect my house is. And it's all white and bright and airy and fluffy and it doesn't get dirty. And I totally want my house to look that way. Like for real. I mean, you yeah, know that I do. But that's because it's your but, strength, not because it's for show. And I think that's the biggest difference. Like for you, you thrive in that. And those are your routines that you have to stick to to make you thrive, which is completely different than doing it for show. Like, And it's you, completely different than saying look, my house is together. Therefore my whole life is together. I recently had a conversation in my direct messages with someone. And I just, I said, you, it was a very productive and healthy conversation actually, which I was pleased to have because I think we know that sometimes the exchange in DMS is not always productive, not always healthy. Um, I just said, you know, there's so much of my life. I don't share. I could share a hundred stories today. And it would still not give you no. any real understanding of what's going on in my life. So I think the challenge for us, both as creators of content on social media and consumers of content on social media is how do we, without giving away the farm, you know, like there are some mm-hmm. things that are just, they have to stay private, right? There are some things that we don't need, like we have no obligation to share anything we don't want to share, right? but I do feel like I want to be, and I know you feel this way too, be a voice online where people can feel seen and acknowledged and maybe keeping your house really, really clean is not something you're able to do right now or something that's even a priority for you right now. But I want you to see that I'm a person with flaws and shortcomings and challenges as a mother and that Mm -hmm. whatever your challenges or perceived shortcomings might be, you're not the only one who feels that way. Right. And like right now, I'm in a season where I'm not home a lot. My kids are at school. I'm gone all day. My home is not my priority, whereas it was when my kiddos were smaller. Sure. And so I'm not doing as much housework, which is why I'm not showing my house. My house is, there's like my room is an absolute disaster right now. And I think years ago, I probably would have shamed myself because of that comparison game. And I've done a lot of growing yeah. where I'm like, I don't care. Guess what? My studio is perfectly clean and looks amazing when clients come in. And <laughs> That's the my space priority. that makes me money and supports my family right. looks like a million dollars, which by the way, I can't wait to get in there I know. and you see it because I have cute. been enjoying all the stuff you've been posting, but 
I just think we're also raising children. Oh my God. I just tapped my brand new mic on. Did I I mess you up? No, I didn't hear anything. I have professional equipment today, everybody. (laughs) You sound a lot better. I do. And this is my problem. I don't know how to do anything halfway. (laughs) I should have been like- I'm learning. I'm doing really good at doing things half-assed. I- I am undoing 35 years of like, I wouldn't say perfectionism, but like overworking myself. Do you remember that game perfection? No. It was that game where you like spun the dial and it started a really like countdown and you had to fit all the shapes into the right shape in a certain amount of time or the whole board like exploded. What? (laughs) And I saw someone post a meme about it the other day and they were like, so when someone says that our entire generation can't have anxiety, I present you this game we were raised on. I'm literally, as you were explaining, I'm like, oh my God, I have anxiety. Where literally, if you didn't get the board perfect Mm -hmm. in the set amount of time, it blew up in your face. And Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my God, someone sees me. Well, this is how I seriously Brooklyn's Brooklyn. My daughter came home the other day and she was talking about her history class. And she's like, she always talks about her history teacher. And she's like, he just loves history. Like he would talk for literally 365 days a year, 24 seven, like all about history. He loves it. And so they went in and they were talking about on their first day back from break, they were talking about all of this stuff in Israel and Gaza. And they were going over that. And he was just like, if you guys have any questions, which I loved, he, I loved that. He was like, we don't need to learn about all this other stuff. Like right now, this is important. This is history. This is history happening in real time. And I want to answer your questions. I want you guys to fully understand it. So he went over all this stuff with them. It was awesome. Like maps and all this stuff. But he also started talking about all the things that our generation has walked through. And he was like, and it was so cool to see Brooklyn come home and talk about all the different things. She was like, it's just crazy because he, he really opened our eyes to like your generation and our generation and everything we've gone through with like the housing market crashing and like back in the two thousands and like, and he started going over all the different things that we went through. And then now what we're walking through now with, um, with the pandemic and the shutdowns and all the inflation and and, all these things. And she was like, I would say it starts with nine 11. Don't you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like our generation? Like, yep. How old were you during nine 11? Oh God. I don't even remember. I genuinely don't even, I am not even going to try to do that. I was a freshman in high school. I I was was in grade 13. I was 13. Yeah. And I feel like it, but, but, you know, like every generation has that, you know, think about our great grandparents or grandparents who went through the great depression and Mm -hmm. world war two. And, but I feel like there was recognition about like the great depression versus now, like them calling it the silent depression, because everyone going back to social media, we look at social media and everyone is presenting themselves or not everyone. Again, I feel like we are moving away from it, but a lot of people online are presenting themselves as like the perfect house, the perfect parent, the expert on everything. They've got their life together. They're not actually talking about the things that they're struggling with um, for whatever reason, whether it's not what they want people to know, they want to keep it private, whatever. Um, Or maybe it's even the consumers, us as consumers, not understanding like my sister, she is an, a model and she's a photographer. And so all she posts is aesthetic photos, right? But it's so funny because she's like, when I go to Target on like my everyday life, no one recognizes me because of how ugly I look. And she doesn't mean ugly as in like 
uh, she actually is ugly. She's she not deformed. Right. She's like, I am just so homeless, like with my nasty hair up and a big old shirt. And I don't give two craps, but people don't understand that this is my reality. Not that I'm getting dressed for work. I'm doing my hair and makeup. She's like, yeah. I've got breastfeed, like breast milk stains on my shirt and my kids puke and snot on my shirt. Like that's not real life. That is my job. And so people look at her and perceive her as like this perfectly put together person when in actuality, she's like, no, I'm literally just a real human. Like that's just my and job. Th- so this is a huge shortcoming for me. This is something I'm going to try and work on when I get recognized in public. It's usually when I look like garbage always. And I have to stop saying, oh my gosh, don't look at me. I, I look like crap. To-. No, I look like a real person. I, I actually don't think you could ever look like crap though. Like when you have no you makeup not see on me through this screen right now with my no makeup and my like, but your brows are perfection. And you're like, well, like her, it's so funny because me and Megan, our definition of like grungy clothes is completely different. Like Megan's grungy clothes are like a matching two piece set and a slick. Yep. And yep. Mm-hmm, part, yep. That's what she's wearing right now. She's showing me a matching two-piece set and a hair in a slicked back bun and her brows perfectly done and her skin glowing like a freaking glazed donut because she just did her skin. Mine is like I am in a ratty ass t-shirt that my husband brought over from England that's like 20 years old with no bra and greasy hair and like brows not like when I go well, ugly, to be fair I'm not ugly. wearing a bra either but I just paid a lot of money so that I never have to wear a bra again I'm getting to that point and I'm actually really sad because I feel like I did like maybe like I feel like this year actually is my the boobs are going down like they were really perky and they're starting to go down so this is the other thing you know if we want to talk about like being real on social my husband was like you're not going to talk about your boobs online Right. And I was like, oh, for sure. I'm talking about my boobs online. Yeah. And he was like, I was like, don't worry. Your boss doesn't follow me on Instagram, but like, but even if he did, this is another thing people are not sharing. You're looking at these women that look Mm -hmm. so well rested. And it's like, it's not that their kids are perfect sleepers and that they're getting 10 hours a night. Uh, Girl, they have under eye filler. And that's why they look so well rested. And so, I've always really wanted to be like, I'm going to talk about all the things that I inject into my face. Mm-hmm. I love talk- that you do. I love your before and afters too. I love they're that you're so like, distinct. You're like, me. yes, I have a good skincare routine, but I also get Botox regularly. I, because and like, I don't care what Neutrogena is trying to tell you. <laughs> skincare does not remove wrinkles. It literally does not, you guys. Botox removes wrinkles and filler is the only hope in this life I ever have of eventually gaining a chin. Uh, Like, and yes, I had my boobs lifted and I had implants put in them because I gave my body over to my family for the past decade Mm -hmm. and I deserve it. And I feel like there's so many people I look at online and I'm like, are you taking Ozempic? <laughs> are you, did you get a boob job? Like why are like, I'm dead. again, there's no obligation. Like no one should have to talk about things that they don't want to. But no, but don't time, give diet advice. If you're on Ozempic, don't, don't be like, Oh no. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just drinking more water. <laughs> 
girl. No, you're not. You're taking, you're drinking more water right after you get your Ozempic injection. Literally. It's, but, but that's fine. Like you do what works for you because there is no worse mom than a miserable mom. Yep. Yeah. And I think that motherhood looks so different for everybody because our lives all look so different. You like Jamie, you and I could be next door neighbors living on the same street in similar homes, sending our kids to the same school, doing the same routine virtually every day. And we still would have completely different lives Mm -hmm. because our husbands are different. Our children are different. Our work is different. Our family dynamics are different. And you literally just have to do what works for you. Yeah. So I cannot get behind this getting online and trying to just subscribe to what an influencer tells you is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take everything you see online with a grain of salt. Yes. And also know your season. I used to say this all the time in in the first season of these, of this podcast. And when I used to do all the coaching and different things, I would always say, know your season. You're like my sister. I FaceTimed my sister today and I was dropping food off at my son's school and I was running into the store real quick. And this morning I had an everything shower. I Oh, isn't it glorious? Shaved and I watched TikTok in the shower and I cleaned everything and I felt so good. And I got out of the shower and I gave myself some little trim and some layers and kind of fixed my hair. And I blow my all four kids are at school. All four kids are at school. I have the time. I have the day off. I'm blow drying my hair. I did my brow. I just got my lashes done yesterday. My life did not look like this two years ago. My life did not look like this four years no. ago. It did not look like this eight years ago. It look like looks like this now because I am in the season where all four of my children happen to be at school today, which guess what? I never know because sometimes they're puking and sometimes they're crapping and sometimes they're You could crapping. drop them off and 20 minutes later, the nurse calls. Right. And when you see that number pop up on your phone, you're like, oh. My yes, the day is done. Right. And so today I just so happened to have freshly washed hair, which is rare. I FaceTime my sister. She is in the thick of motherhood. She's got three kids. One just started school. Um, they're little, she has a one-year-old, uh, two and a half, maybe he's three. Oh god, I suck. Um, and then one in kindergarten. And she's like, Why are you so cute? I'm like, because my kids are in school. Because no one's home. No one's home. I could shower. It's a season. I didn't shower regularly or have good hair for 14 years because it's a I long had a time. child home for 14, 15 years. I'm in a different season. So when you're in a baby season, the first two years, three years, five years are freaking survival mode. Your life is going to be completely different than a mom who all has all school age children. And I, I, think, I think people need to keep that in mind. And that's where we get to be intentional with what you consume on social media, because I think a lot of times people get mad at other people on social. Like you're not portraying realistic motherhood. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but by the same token, are you not also responsible for what you consume online? Yeah. Like that's your responsibility. Right. I unfollow people constantly all the time. People unfollow me constantly. And after years of ruminating on it, I don't take it personally anymore. It's obviously just not a fit for you. Nope. And 
who would like, what would it say about me? If I said, I don't care if my content makes you feel terrible, it hurt my feelings. You unfollowed. No, no, don't follow. Don't subscribe to don't consume content that makes you feel bad. Now, if there's someone you really enjoy following and they're in a different stage of motherhood, go ahead and hit that save button. Yeah. Save it for later. Go find them later. You're in that phase of motherhood. Yep. Um, but you know, my sister-in-law, my, my nephews too. And my kids are both in school. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a very different yeah. way of living. And even this weekend, you know, my parents were here. My sister's kids are younger than mine and they're much, much closer in age. And we said goodnight to my kids and they walked themselves upstairs. That's just how we've taught them to go to bed. Mm-hmm. My mom goes, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep. Now you can look at it two different ways. You can look at it like, wow, that's a really easy way of putting your kids to bed. Or you can look at it as, oh, you don't read them any bedtime stories. Or you can look at it as I've put the work in for the past eight to 10 years, getting them in good habits that they can give me a kiss and be confident enough to walk to their bedroom, settle themselves down and go go to sleep. sleep. You just just have to do what works for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still have it. Like we talked about before, I still have a kid that needs an underwear check every day on the way Mm -hmm. out of the door. But she puts herself to bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's got it all right. down. And yeah. maybe I think it's a success that my six-year-old puts herself to bed. There are going to be other people out there that go, oh my gosh, you don't even read her a bedtime story. Like, and and I'm gonna want to get into it with them in my DMs and be like, um, we read all the time and da 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 like we have to stop explaining, rationalizing, mm-hmm. justifying, whatever it is. You have to do what works for you because no one else is living in the family you are living in. No. But social media has this way of making us feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that hinges on us. Oh, there what? is a huge yes. level of personal responsibility there. If yes. you are feeling inadequate, Take a turn, flip it around and look at yourself. What do I personally feel like I'm falling short on? Why do I feel that way? Mm-hmm. And is it really someone else's fault? Mm-hmm. Or perhaps is this just not the right account for me to follow at this time in my life? Or, I mean, I think too, like a lot of it is personal responsibility and on both ends. But one thing is I always say, and I've learned through lots of counseling and different things is triggers are your own responsibility, not other people's. Exactly. If I am being triggered by something, it's not their problem. They didn't, they didn't do anything wrong. It's my problem for not dealing with that trigger and being able to function in society without all these triggers. Um, That is my responsibility. If I do something that triggers my husband unintentionally, it's not my job to apologize that I triggered him. It's my job to say, okay, I that that wasn't what was intended. I'm so sorry. These are the things that I did, but like clearly there's something in you that is unresolved that needs to be resolved and you need to go deal with that with your counselor because that's it's, not my it's job. It's his obligation yes. to bring that to you, address it with you in a constructive manner and then go figure out how yes. that can be best handled. Yeah. And I think we have 
I say we is like a huge generalization, but online, there is this expectation that if something doesn't jive with you, you expect the other person to apologize or start to see things your way. And I just, what are you doing with your tortoise shell? I was just taking a quick picture of it. I just need, I need y'all to know that Jamie and I, without realize, do you see this cool sticky thing I have on the back of my phone now? Yes. I can stick it to anything. Ooh. That's amazing. Um, Jamie and I turned up recently with identical phone cases, which caused her teenager to tell us we were hot Cheeto girl, flaming hot Cheeto, hot Cheeto girls. She said she said we were hot Cheeto girls. And I said, what? what is a hot Cheeto girl? I don't even know what that is. And she said, it's like those girls that wear the fake eyelashes and they have like the square phone cases and check, the long check. nails and <laughs> they eat hot Cheetos while they're typing away with their long nails. And did you say, check, check, check. I have all of those things. Yeah. She also said, I look like I'm from El Paso. What does that even mean? All I will tell you, (laughs) I posted this yesterday, is there is nothing more humbling than like a preteen or a teenager. Oh, they're very honest. This is something else no one's talking about on social. Okay. Mm -hmm. No one's like, my kid came up to me and said, (laughs) mom, you look crusty as hell. (laughs) Because apparently crusty is a real insult these days. Oh, okay. And I have personally prided myself on going three weeks between manicures because I've done the math and I'm like, okay, well, if I go every three weeks instead of every two weeks, this is how many hundreds of dollars it saves me a year. She looked at my nails the other day and she was like, mom. Because she could see all the growth at the bottom. Yeah. She's like, mom, your nails are so crusty. Okay, thanks. And I was like, well, um, I need you to know that you have a cool mom, <laughs> a stylish mom. And like, she doesn't believe any of that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And again, something that's missing from social. Like, why are people not talking about being victimized by their preteens and teens? I mean, my six-year-old will walk into my room when I'm naked and she's like, ugh. I'm like, you're in my room. What do you, you expect to see boobs. I'm literally changing. You walked in my room unannounced. I mean, Jamie, at least she doesn't grab your breasts (laughs) and push them up and down and say, oh, juicy boobies. (laughs) Isabel. (laughs) Isabel. I have real concerns. I mean, I she kid. uses the bottom banister as a stripper pole. Like she just swings her body around that. She's like, look at my new trick. And we have major concerns. And then we have major concerns that my older daughter may never date. <laughs> so we've got like both. I bet of- you it's going to be the opposite though. I bet you Isabel is just not, well, probably not. I bet you she's going to do all the things you that know, she's going Isabel, to announce you know it. She's going to find boys. She is, but I, but she's going to be very open about it. Like that's how I was. Like, I was like, of course I smoked weed. What do you mean, mom? <laughs> of course I did. Like, what are you dumb? <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? Like, what are you dumb? <laughs> like I, was just it, just, it is what it is. I knew what I wanted to do and I did it. And there wasn't really anyone who was going to talk me out of it. That's pretty much how she'll be. So you'll have an But I love that transparency. Yeah. I would rather have my kids come to me and be like, I've done something you don't like. Yeah. 
I did this last year at age 35. Um, I got my first tattoo. And originally my plan was to hide it from my mom (laughs) because I'm like a super traditional firstborn people pleasing daughter. And I am a middle child. And my mom was always like, I feel like the fact that I have to quote Kim Kardashian right now really feels like (laughs) ick to me. But I think it was Kim Kardashian who said, like, getting a tattoo is like putting a bumper sticker on a Rolls Royce, which I love the analogy, Kim. But at the same time, I'm over it and I have a tattoo and I love it. And I'm kind of like counting down till I get my next one. Isn't it crazy? I was it's never, I've always so loved much. tattoos on other people. I just never, there was nothing I ever wanted like on myself until. I mean, it was like a year and a half that I had this in mind. And my first tattoo is the one that says freedom on my arm. Yeah. It's like this whole thing. It's like meaningful, deep, whatever. When you have the ellipsis too, and then which I, did, I love. Because I did the like, ellipsis. Because it's like to be continued. Like your yeah. story's not over. And I love a meaningful tattoo. Yep. And so when my grandmother passed, my cousins and I all went and got tattoos in her honor um, at the Daytona 500. And nothing says classy like going to the strip in Daytona and, um, getting tattoos, but I wasn't going to tell my mom. And I'm such a firstborn child that within like 30 seconds of seeing her afterwards, I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And by the way, it's not even black ink. It's gray. It's gray. It is the you can, lightest. You can, it is literally the lightest tattoo. It looks I mean, like it, it could just be like a stamp or like it does. It's not even, I love it attention. though. It's so and, like, good. Even this morning, like my grandfather texted. So I have a number six on the inside of my wrist because my grandmother had six grandchildren and her license plate always said, Mammy six. So me and all my cousins got the number six and my grandfather texted us this morning, a picture of the six of us with her. And all of us started sending pictures of our tattoo. Like so cute. It's so cute. But like, I would. I told my mom and I thought she's going to be furious. I'm 35. And she was like, oh, honey, that's so sweet. Like, I just, I love that honesty. Yeah. And I me, want the honesty. I'm like, I'm like, look, me and my husband got a tattoo. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that to your body. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? No, I just, again, this realness yeah. from the internet, like, yeah. I have seen, I mean, if I want to see a perfectly beautiful home, I can go to Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's there for. Mm -hmm. I want to see women who are dealing with grief and loss and Mm -hmm. joy and excitement and disappointment. Like I'm realizing the, it's almost like the further I get into motherhood, the more I realize that there's no constant state. Oh my God. No, 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 no. And I think that's it's, what it's I mean. on a daily basis. Like, yes, ooh, up and down and yeah, up you, and down. Yep. And I want to see somebody yep. who feels the way that I feel. Yeah. I mean, like maybe you have a beautiful home and good for you, but like, and again, I don't think we should toss all of our children's struggles out on the internet, but if you're struggling as a mom and 
all you're consuming on social media is women who are telling you, my child was voted most likable at preschool. You're like, well, my kid got kicked out for biting. So um, I have nothing in common with you. I bet that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they do have something in common with you. And I think that we societally have become so quick to judge people. Yeah. And I think a huge part of that has been this curated online presence. And also believing that that is the whole truth. It's not. It's and not it's even not. close. Yeah. yeah. And it affects how we feel about ourselves as mothers, which mm-hmm. let's be honest, is not always great anyway. I think majority of the time it's not. I think we're we're wired that way to question and care for and think through and overthink things. And going back to what we talked about, I think is the last episode or the one before that, the mental load. I think that's part of the mental load is all of the things that we overthink at the end of the day or, you know, like, is my child comfortable at school? Is my child, you know, eating enough? Did they get enough protein today? Are they... Do they have holes in their shots? They have enough friends. I mean, yeah. Like there's like- Who did they sit with at lunch? Who did they play with at recess? I mean, I can tell you the conversation in our house this week has been extracurriculars. Yeah. I have one kid who wants to sign up for every single extracurricular that exists. I'll give you one guess as to who it is. Mm -hmm. And then I have another child who we are forcing, forcing- into an extracurricular and she with like master level debates team skill is questioning us on why she has to do an extracurricular. Mm -hmm. And we are trying to explain to her, like there are benefits, Mm -hmm. there are skills to learn. There are people to meet outside of your class at school. Yeah. That will make you a more well-rounded, better person we're trying to get her to do one thing and we're trying to talk the other one out of doing seven things. (laughs) It's just like, Oh my goodness. It's just exhausting. Yeah. And all we see on social is she won her gymnastics competition. She loves it so much. It's her passion in life. And before you know it, she's going to be the next Simone Biles. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. We, have to, it's just, it's so tricky, right? Because I feel like, like we were talking about at the very beginning, TikTok's such an amazing, like source of humor and reality and feeling seen. Yes, I like, you know what I laugh hardest at? Tell me if this makes me a monster. (laughs) You know, those compilation videos of kids getting hurt. It's the best thing ever. I laugh so hard. Me and the kids watch it and we cry and gut laugh or like news bloopers. (sighs) Have you, like, there are so many news bloopers and I lose my crap. Like, I can't handle it. It is the funniest thing on the planet. I love it. Like those kids that come down the bottom of the slide and they land face first in a mud puddle. It's so great. It's literally. I'm like, the the reason I love this is because I know that mom had to take that kid home in tears covered (laughs) in mud. And all I can think about is like the time my kid filled a car seat with poop. Oh my God. Have you seen where, like the it. kids literally like rip open like the ground beef in the back seat and it's like all <laughs> over their car? It's like that is the stuff that I want to see. I want to see your shit show. 
I, I need, and like this again, I think I said this last time, but like me and a friend, we go to lunch like once a month and we will talk about something and she'll be like, God, this just makes me feel so much better that you're going through this too. Like I like feel not, not that I want you to suffer, but it's so great. Like it makes me feel better. And it's just so funny because it's true because it's like, I want to see your shit show. Like, show me the most outrageous things that your kids do and say. I want to see it. I want to laugh with you. Like, let's lighten up a little bit and not try to be perfect. Let's just be present and be real. Like, let's just be present. I want to talk to the other mom who, you know, this was probably five years ago. Um, My oldest daughter said, damn it, at school. And to her credit, she used it in perfect context. Of course. Which is, this is going to sound terrible. That's my priority. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want you to use curse words, but if you're going to use them, please use them properly. You better know the definition and know why I you're saying I expect you to be intelligent enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I think I said that to the teacher, like, Obviously, it's our preference that she not use that language, but at a minimum, we expect her to be smart enough to use it properly. And that is actually one of our rules. Like we, my kids, I have a potty mouth. My kids actually don't. Yes. It's weird. I don't know how, because I've, I've, I base the way that I say it is you haven't earned the right to use this language yet, sure. but sure. I, the, my biggest rule is don't repeat words that you don't know what they mean. No. If you better damn well know the definition, everything about it in order for you to use it. Like, what's the difference between saying the F word and not knowing what it means and calling someone a racist incorrectly? Mm. Like any word you use, you better understand it. Like nothing undermines your credibility more than saying a word incorrectly. Yes. Right? Yes. And so she got a note written home. Um, We didn't find it for three months because she stuffed it under her bed. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. This was five years ago. Um, But at the time I was mortified. I was like, oh my God, this reflects so poorly on me as a parent. And my husband, who I love because one, he has, he's literally off the grid. He deleted his Facebook which was an issue for us because I said, now everyone we went to high school is with is going to think we're divorced <laughs> because <laughs> now it doesn't say married to Ryan Burkle. It says married. <laughs> like, he weird. has no social media presence. He barely maintains a LinkedIn for professional yeah. purposes, mm-hmm. but he was like, this is hysterical. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. It's so great. And he just, he's not involved in the online world at all, which I feel like gives him this outrageously enviable perspective. Yeah. He's like, in 20 years, we're going to keep laughing about this. Yeah. It's like, and there's no about with like the potty training. Like, is your kid going to go to college in diapers? No. Mm. You're going to laugh about the time they pooped in their crib and smeared it, which is I don't care who you are. This has happened to everyone. It's so disgusting. Everyone. I mean, we, and I am very, I I have four kids, right? And the more kids you have, the more relaxed you get. And, and I don't think it's that you don't care. You just realize you'll survive it. You'll be fine. Like you'll be fine. They'll be fine. Like I don't need to take the bottle away because you don't go to college drinking from a baba. Like you'll be fine. My six-year-old has been sucking on taggies (laughs) 
Jamie, just two weeks ago, she gave them up because we can't find them. Perfect. They're lost. It happens, but it happens eventually, right? Like, And honest to goodness, like so many people in my life have said to me, oh my God, you still let her suck on those taggies before bed? And I'm like, uh, I'm like, it's you know, not affecting her orthodontic health. Like I've asked the dentist, like pick your battles. It makes, it makes my life easier. Yeah, I don't she really gets care. sad. She gets tired. We find the taggies. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like my, you know, my, I, I have four children and I went through the phase with baby number one, where I was a psycho about everything. And I was like, she can't have sugar and she can only have vegetables and da, 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 da. And then, you know, by baby number two at nine months old, I was giving him fudge stripe cookies for teething because that was the only thing that would calm his ass down. Right. And you just kind of are like, it is what it is. You just got to get through the moment. And when I FaceTimed my sister today, she was like, Oh, just she, I FaceTimed her and I'm like, the kids are all chaotic in the background and she looks miserable. And my mom's visiting her. My mom's laughing her ass off. And, and my little nephew comes over and he's like, hi, JJ. Hi, JJ. I'm like, hi, baby. And I'm like talking to him and I'm like talking to my niece and whatever. And all of a sudden my sister's like, oh, and I'm like, what? So she's potty training and my mom's laughing and I, my mom's like, she hates potty training. And I'm like, so do I. That's why I don't do it. Everybody hates potty training. I, I don't do it. I'm not pushing it. I wait till my kids don't want to wear diapers anymore. And usually it's around two and a half, two. Like, it just depends on the kid, right? I'm forcing it. If you don't want to sit and shit, go poop on the toilet. Go poop on the potty. And they do. And they all were potty trained within like a day because well, they were I could have you. I could have used you while I was potty training Isabel because... <laughs> I potty trained Olivia in three days and it gave me arrogance. Yes. Yeah. And so when mm-hmm. Isabel was like barely two, I was like, well, we're going to potty train. Oh. But guess what? Once you start, you can never stop. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. wasn't ready. And it took me a year and the pit in my stomach every time I had to go pick her up at Mother's Day out, knowing she had shit her pants yes. for her teachers. And they yes. were going to give me like the death stare. Like we yes. had to clean your kid up again. Yeah. Sorry I about just, that. I just want people to know no matter what you see online, every single mom in the world, every single mom in the world is literally like banging her head against the wall about something every day. Maybe it's sleep. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's potty training. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, they're a biter. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like nothing is worse than having a biter, but I mean, maybe your kid has a potty mouth. I think it's kind of entertaining. Biters are out there. I mean, like, how many people do we know that are still biting in college? Like, (laughs) they don't. I I, unless it's like a fetish, but (laughs) I just think like whatever you're, whatever you're stressed about, whatever you are worried about. I just want people to know: love your kids. Yeah, yeah. Love them through it. Be there for them. Be them for that. Be there for them. It, it's going to sort itself out. Yeah. There are not a ton of like genuine sociopaths out there. So <laughs> the chances that your child is actually going to be a sociopath, which has always been like my greatest fear in life, slim to none. If you love your kids mm-hmm. and you listen to your gut, like yes. follow your intuition. Yeah. And I feel like too, talking about the reality of this with 
your good trusted friends. Like we had yes. a conversation the other day and we were talking about like 504 plans and yes. IEPs and school ADHD and, ADHD and all the things and all and whatever. And I've been walking through this for a long time. God, a very long time. With and I'm son. new to it. And she's new to it. And so I was like, oh, okay, here's the deal. You're, I see that you're walking through this. Okay, here's what we walked through. And instead of like being ashamed and like not wanting people to know what my kids like, have or whatever. I was like taking freaking notes. Yes. Like I'm like, girl, I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was 32. My daughter just got diagnosed. My son has ADHD. I know my mom's ass has ADHD and my grandma has ADHD. And I've diagnosed both their asses. And I'm like, mom, you better get your ass on medication because you are not well. Right? Like. It is what it is. And there's so much fear about like judgment and what people are going to think and like giving our kids labels. And like, I don't want my kid to be labeled. I don't want them on the spectrum. I don't want them labeled. I don't want them medicated. How about you just do what you need to do for your child, regardless of what anyone says or anyone thinks. And if you need help, you ask for help. And if you don't want help and someone's giving unsolicited advice, you just say, yeah, I'm actually not interested in advice I wasn't asking for. I'm good. Thanks. Like just be. Protect your boundaries. Yes. But also do not take advice as criticism. No. Because if you, and again, I think it comes back to like personal responsibility and I know we're running out of time, but like personal responsibility, if you are friends with someone that is making you feel badly about who you are as a parent, or if you have a family member, not just friends or a family member, or if you're following someone online, that ultimately comes back to you. You are responsible for the advice you take on board, for the content you consume, all of it. Yeah. You are responsible for who you let into your mental space, who you allow to influence you and guide you. We all need support. We all need guidance. But at the end of the day, we have to stop idealizing what we think motherhood should look like and, and get in touch with the reality of the children we are mothering, what our lives look like, and align our friendships and social media consumption to be conducive to what we can actually do in a way that supports our children and supports our sanity. Yes. That's all I got. Yes. No. Agree. 100%. That's all I got. That's it. Well, I think I, and you know what? Just on like a last little note, like I send my husband about a million TikToks a day. It's like my favorite thing ever. I love that. And there's like all this stuff going on, uh, you know, with Israel. And the world. Alpha, and, you know, and now there's all these like memes and videos going about women being drafted in the military. And these are the types of videos that I'm like, you know, and Pete Davidson actually went on SNL and he talked about this and he was like, Oh, and his dad and 9-11. Yes. And yes. All so, that. and I actually love that he said this because I think there's a lot of people that feel really guilty right now, like posting on social media for work or posting on social media in general or doing their regular lives because there's all this terrible stuff going and on. And you get the messages like, why aren't you talking about this? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I thankfully don't get those messages because I don't talk about any of that online. Like I literally will not. And this is one thing is when I had the Mac house account and I had, I think I had like 14, 15, 16,000 followers. People very, I was very, very authentic on what I was and was not willing to post and talk about and engage in. And they just knew that I just never went there. It just was, that's not what this is for. I don't need to talk about any of my personal beliefs on anything. Like I'm just not doing that. Um, and this is, you know, I'm like the escape from that. I don't want to deal with that. And so I thank God did not have like too many comments. I think there was one time where people were like, oh, 
when all like the Black Lives Matter stuff happened, someone was like, you should have a whole month of Black um, interview black people. And I was like, absolutely not. Why? Now I'm literally interviewing them just because the color of their skin. Like that's that makes not, no sense. I'm not inauthentic. Doing that. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to do anything that's not authentic. But anyways, so I love he went on SNL and he said something like, um, you know, I think a lot of people, they were like feeling whether they should or shouldn't continue or whatever with all the things going on. And he was like, listen, you know, my dad, um, he passed away in 9-11 from the terrorist attack. And he was like, and for years I was like in a deep depression and my mom took me to see a movie and ended up being Eddie Murphy, like one of his comedies. And she wanted to leave, but she didn't take me out of the theater because she saw me laughing for the first time in years. And he was like, and that's what comedy has done for me. It has helped me be able to process and go through really hard times. And I am hoping that I can do that now, that I can make you laugh and lighten things up. And yes, there's a lot of hard things going on, but I hope that this gives you a little bit of a break and kind of brings you joy. And so I think some people might think some of this stuff is insensitive, but the other part of me is like, no, we need a little bit of like this lighthearted funny things. And so but I also think it's so reflective of motherhood, right? We are trying to educate our children about mm-hmm. right versus wrong. Mm-hmm. We are trying to not shield them yeah. from what's happening in the world, but also not let them be traumatized mm-hmm. by what's happening in the world. Like this is the fundamental balancing act of motherhood is how do we balance information and accuracy with also this cannot define who you are or dominate your life and that the things you do in private matter more yeah than the things you like so much of this like public stuff is just performative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what really matters is like as mothers are we teaching our children compassion towards people who are different than us Mm mm-hmm are we teaching our children that you can be a light in this world, even during dark times? Mm-hmm. Like Pete Davidson's talking about, you know, like the world is very heavy and dark right now. Is there still a place for light and laughter? Yes, it can be existing. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And that is kind of like our struggle as mothers, just like mm-hmm. encapsulated. Like, how do we. Yeah allow our children to see the realities of the world, but not shield them from it, but also not allow them to be overly affected. Like it's just, it's so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I had a client in the chair the other day and she was talking about how her mother-in-law is up her ass about everything and makes comments about her body and about her parenting. And my initial response was, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? You actually what? listen to it? And you she's just like, tolerate it? Yeah, it's my mother-in-law. Like, I'm like, oh, no, 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 honey. <laughs> I'm like, absolutely not. Like, first off, unless you are living in my home, parenting my children with me, writing the checks for my bills, and sitting at the hospital when my kids have broken their arm, you don't get a say in anything. Uh-uh. You don't get to make comments. You don't get a say in anything. You don't write the checks. The only people writing the checks who get a say in our life and how we parent, how we live our lives are myself, my husband, and my children, and that is all. And if you like, want to come to me after the fact and impart wisdom and say, hey, you know, I wanted to share this with you. I kind of noticed this. I This is something that I did that was really helpful. I'll listen to that, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do it. 
And I, also you know, you've had your chance. You've had your influence on my spouse. Oh my God. We're not even going to go there. <laughs> That's for how many of podcast, us, how many, like, that is, that is like a whole season, but like <laughs> your influence is showing up in my husband, good, bad, ugly, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I am an, I, I have had to re-raise my husband. So you trying to give me <laughs> advice on me and the way I parent my kids is not going to fly. That's just going to go. I feel like I've seen so many things about this online. Like, yes. like don't no. give me advice because I'm still raising one of your children. Actually, actually. And like, thankfully, my husband is like wonderful, but we have like a few really rough years in our marriage and we we don't talk to his side of the family but um i remember at one point i i don't even remember what happened but i was like goodness gracious why would i ever consider anything that's being said when you literally started smoking cigarettes at 14 years old 14 he smoked from 14 no, no, to no. 17 here here i was thinking you were going to start talking about like his inability to like flush the toilet or something oh no 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 he flushes the toilet no 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 oh no <laughs> because Actually, that like, was the i had to train my husband like our first year of marriage was put the seat down no i've put never the seat down put the seat down no. put the seat down my husband lived with all women so he's very very considerate so i, I will don't have say to i do feel like stuart has a real intuition into yes women. And I appreciate that about him tremendously. Yes. He's wonderful. And I think the last thing I'm going to say about all this social media stuff is years ago, I had my online courses, I had my podcast. I was kind of rolling in a certain group of content creators who were on a similar track as I was. They were writing books, doing courses, doing speaking gigs. I had a book deal. I didn't have a deal yet. I had offers. I had, we were in conversation about me writing a like book. Harper Collins or something? I had, I'm not going to say, but I had brands, re- uh, publishers reaching out to me. I had um, a, God, I don't even know what it's called now. Anyway. Um, and I started getting this like weird feeling. Ick. And it started with Rachel Hollis about no kidding a year and a half before shit blew up with her life. It was about a year and a half before. And I remember I was talking to somebody that worked at HarperCollins and she was an editor there and her and I were really close and we would talk a lot. And I, I remember calling her saying like, you know, here, I've got these people coming to me and this is what they're wanting to do. And like, I'm a gut person. Something's not feeling right. I just don't like these conversations. They're all going great, but I don't like what they're wanting me to do. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's the publishing world. You kind of have to sell yourself. You have to do this. You have to do that. And I was like, yeah, I don't really like any of that. Like, I don't do I'm that. not like, I'm not that kind of person. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, this is like, if you're in your book, you have to talk about your husband and you need to have your husband on your podcast and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do all that. Like, I don't like my husband is fine coming in and out and he doesn't mind. He doesn't care. But I'm like, this is my thing. Like, and they're like, but this is what they expect. And this is what this person's doing and that person's doing. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not a marriage counselor. Like, I don't want to advise on marriage. Like I can talk about our experiences, but well, no, this is what you do. This is what you do. And so all the advice I was giving, I'm like, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Like in my gut, I think I'm just going to kind of pull back. 
And then I had mentioned Rachel Hollis. And I was like, you know, I kind of see like I'm I'm very hypersensitive. I'm like, I'm kind of noticing like a little bit of, of like a chip on her shoulder. And I just don't, I don't like, I don't want to get to that point. And she's like, yeah, things are like on the background, not going well for her. Um, you know, we're having lots of issues. And I'm like, well, I mean, that tracks with what I'm seeing. So then obviously, like, anyway, long story short, all of these people that we were all like kind of running together and in like the same um genre and like track. Uh, career track. I ended up disappearing. I ended up shutting my Instagram down. You just like vanished. I literally vanished. I, I tried a little bit here and there to kind of give things, but it was like months and months and months and months and months coming of me feeling things and not quite understanding it, but knowing something was off and kind of disconnecting and like pulling away a little bit from those relationships and those peoples and those crew. And I ended up like saying, no, I don't want to do the book. And no, I don't want to do this. And no, I don't want to do that. And kind of shutting all those things down and just saying like, it's not the time. I trust that when it's time, it will happen, but it's just not the time. Don't want to do it right now. Um, And then I, I vanished. I like shut down my social media accounts, shut down the podcast, shut down my online courses and completely vanished. And I kind of talked a little bit about it, about like the expectation side of things from like what was going on then, but I didn't really touch on the social media aspect of it. So every single person that I was, um, not work, yes, working together with, but, um, kind of on that same track, um, every single one of them, they're all divorced. All of them. Every single oh one of them. Gosh, no kidding. And the majority of them have completely tanked their businesses, completely shit on every single person that helped them build that business. Every single one of them. And I knew I, I'm again, I'm very sensitive, hypersensitive to that, but I could have gone down on that path. And me and my husband were two years ago, I think it was two years ago, wasn't it two years ago? Borderline about to get divorced. Because we had so many issues. And I hit my point where I was like, I am going to prioritize my present life versus like the potential of being successful in this, in the eyes of social media. Because ultimately, social media, Instagram could be deleted tomorrow. Like, I mean, you could, I think about this all the time. Like I could wake up in the morning, my account's gone, literally gone. Right. And I'm like, and not that I was valuing social media over my family or my husband. I never, ever, ever have done that, but it was playing an impact in like this whole, like girl boss, women can do everything. You can have a million followers and $10 million and run this whole business and still be a present mom. No, you can't. You can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. And first of all, you can't do it alone. And second of all, no, it's very difficult. It is not something that is easily obtainable because if it was, everyone would do it. Right. Right. I am not willing. Right. Right. Like I am not willing to sacrifice my children's childhood, my marriage, my mental health, my emotional well-being for social media or business, period. I'm just not. So I shut that shit down. And guess what? I, I'm sure I upset people, but ultimately I didn't want to end up like everyone else. But does it matter if you upset someone on the internet? No. If you get to keep your family together and And that's your marriage. Exactly. I think now I'm like reappearing online and people are like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. It's so, and I've always been like very open, very honest about everything. Like I am an open book. I feel like the more transparent you are, the better it is for everyone else. And so I, but during those times, it wasn't something I could get into because we were literally in the midst of it. 
Mm. Now I can kind of look back and say how all these things had an impact. And I chose differently. I chose, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to shut it down. There's not one dollar amount that's going to make me choose this over my marriage and my family. And, um, and it was scary not knowing like what the future of our family was going to be, but it's so hard. I'm so sad looking at all these people saying like, it, was it worth it? Like your business is like, doesn't even exist. Everyone hates you you online. It makes you wonder how many people, just even people without followings, you know, people who are just consumers of social Mm -hmm. media, how much is the distorted reality mm-hmm. of social media affecting the day-to-day lives, perceptions, and happiness of people, moms, mm-hmm. all around the world? Yep. Because we feel that we don't have a husband that's as involved as so-and-so, or that our house isn't as good as so-and-so's, even though, like, I'll promise you, you're never going to see my laundry room. Um it's just like this comparison game. It's this pursuit of perfection. And I feel like social media, certain aspects Mm -hmm. of social media really push that. Yeah. And what's the cost? What's the cost? And how careful do we need to be Mm -hmm. with what we consume? Yep. So for me now, when I go online, I have my intentional time that I go online. And when I go on, I love it. I love my feed. I love who I follow. They're funny as shit. Unfollow the people you don't enjoy. Yeah. Like I have curated my feed for my needs right now. And like, like, Jamie, how many people do you hate follow? What do you mean hate follow? Do you know hate follow? No. What's that? I only have like two more minutes because my bladder's about to burst, but, um, hate follow, like you follow people that you don't even like, but it's just because you like love hating them. No, I have You're not. Awesome. People do this. What? No, <laughs> but I will say one of the people I, oh, I feel so torn on how much I want to talk about this. Don't say it. Um, One person that I know online. Oh my God. I'm I can't. There's a And whole... I'm like, just, just move on. Just move on. No, I'm not going to say anything. But let me tell you, there is a whole Reddit thread. I believe this. Like, my, and for me, I'm like, that gives me the confidence and knowing that I made the right choice. Yes. To do what I did rather than letting all this shit consume me because that could have been my future. And I'm so freaking grateful it's not. I also you, did Reddit Google myself. I was like, oh my God, Jamie McLaughlin. Why would you do that? But I'm not on there. I think there was only well, like two, two people were so, I love my followers. They've always been so kind to me. They literally were like, oh my God, where'd the Mac house go? I hope she's okay. And I was like, I don't know. They're probably like, she got like abducted or joined a cult or <laughs> something. But like, yeah. I just think, don't believe everything you see online. No, nope. Be intentional about who and what you consume. Mm-hmm. And you're a good mom. You're a great mom. Even if you're, you're trying, mom. if you're trying every day, you're a great mom. If you're asking if you're a good mom, you're, you're a great mom. You are. The fact that you worry about it or care about it means you are doing best. great. This yes. podcast was so long, Jamie. It was really, it was We long. had so much to say about this. I know. And I, we have so many more to record. We're not doing. We need like a part two on this because. 
it's like, we have so much to say about this because I feel like social media is such a humongous part of our day-to-day lives. I know. And I also want to see what are our next few episodes? We're going to talk about the holidays. Well, that's not till next month, right? Um, No, but like, does anyone else feel like, holy crap, it's more than halfway through October. What's happening? And I'm feeling suddenly very stressed. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't get stressed about that stuff actually, like at all, but I'm very, you know, I'm done with my Christmas shopping. So you're a freaking rock star. I haven't even started. I I have not started, but I'll help help you. Um, but I will say my kids make it very easy. We'll talk about, Well, you know, we're going to talk about this, but we only do four gifts anyway. So that also makes it easy. Um, but no, I have really enjoyed this yeah. exchange because and anyone like who's listening, so relevant. Yes. And I'll say anyone who is listening and if you have questions or if you have topics that you want us to talk about, yes. I'm going to send them to Willow Crown's page, not mine. I'm going to send them to yours. Please um, do. I'll have you do like a little box of, cause I'm my- going to do it. I'm actually going to do it now. Okay. And just say, um, like if you have questions or topics that you want us to talk about um, and you can put that little box and then you guys can go to that. So go to Willow Crowns on Instagram. She will um, put a little box there. And then if you want to follow me, I'm my studio account is confidence collective TX and my account that I rarely post on um, is the Jamie McLaughlin but I don't, I don't, I'm not creating content over there. I just will like pop in every once in a while and I'll post when we have new um, episodes going out. I would like to though. I mean, I really would like to, because I genuinely love like talking about business and business coaching and stuff, but I'll wait. I'll wait for that. I'm literally putting it up right now. Perfect. I will say the um, the picture I took is not especially flattering of either of us, but that's okay. That's real life. It, I mean, I feel like I care. You just mentioned me in your story. This is real time. Yeah. How Look, I'm even going to like slightly cover our faces with text. Oh, you're. I didn't cover our faces, but we look good in the one I posted. Listen, I'm wearing a matching sweatsuit. What's not to love about this? You're cute. You're always cute. All right. Well, until next week, I'm just going to put this one up today. Just because Yay! Because it's Wednesday. so good. And so I'll put this one up today and then we will figure out a time to record our next few. And we've got the next few we're talking about. Um, I feel like we said so we're going to talk about mom guilt, but I feel like we've talked a lot about mom guilt. So I might brainstorm a little bit on a few other topics, but. And I'm going to send you all my suggestions because okay. one of the things I love about my people, and again, this is if you are following online or you're creating online, find your people. Yes. And if someone's a jerk, don't let them follow you. Yeah. And if someone's a jerk, don't follow them because then you end up in this very like positive. Yeah. Yep. Space and my people always have fabulous suggestions and we're going to have so many good things to talk about. Yes. I think in November, we're talking about traveling and splitting time and family boundaries for the holidays. We're going to talk about gifting for the holidays and family traditions and uh, expectations. I mean, and who knows? We might just keep talking about catching vomit in your hands. Yeah. I feel like I do want to talk about 
business. Vomit? No, not vomit. <laughs> Being a business owner and a mom. Because I feel like a lot of vomit people... in your hands. No, yes. Catching vomit while typing a blog post at the same time. But um, honest to goodness, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, it is. So I think I think I do want to talk about that because I think again, going back with like the perception, there's this perception that we can do every single thing and, and we, we we can't. Not. Yeah, we we can't, we are limited beings, and I think that's okay. So I'm going to put that on our sketch. We'll talk about that soon. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. You can follow both of us. I mainly post on Confidence Collective because I'm just not in a content creation season and I'm okay with that. But honestly, even if you were flipping back and forth between two accounts, I used to have two accounts. I used to post on the wrong account constantly. Yeah. I just don't. I on the one. The only, yeah, I just, I really, I just really don't. I I only kind of post about schedules and stuff. I did that. Which, by the way, um, I do need a spray tan. Yes, I'll get you in. I'll text you after this. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. I mean, I guess you'll hear us next week. You'll hear us next week. (laughs) Okay, Mm -hmm. bye. Bye.